I think at first people are like, really commercial title? Like you, you were a sports reporter. You don't want to work in sports or you don't want to teach people how to be on TV. But I always knew like, no, like I want to be either a sports reporter. Or I want to do something totally different than I can build and make a career myself. And you can like mine do crossover in some ways. I can take, go sit with some commercial title fans at an NBA game and enjoy both of my worlds. Or I can talk about sports with guys in commercial real estate who maybe don't really want to talk about title and I get it. <laughs> um, so I think it's possible to do both. Um, it just takes a lot of hard work and a lot of studying on both parts. Hello and welcome to TrackCast, the official podcast of the Real Estate Council from deep in the heart of Dallas, Texas. I'm Bill San Antonio. Thank you for joining us. We've got a great show for you today as I'll be joined by Leslie McCaslin, who is a business development specialist for Benchmark Title. She's also a member of this year's Trek Community Investors Board and a past participant of our newest educational program, The Deal, from acquisition to disposition. But if you're a fan of DFW area sports teams, Big 12 football, where if you followed the Oklahoma City Thunder during the Kevin Durant, James Harden, Russell Westbrook era, you'll likely know Leslie as your favorite sideline reporter for Bally Sports Southwest. This was such a fun conversation. It was great to chat with Leslie and find out how she's carved out these radically different career paths for herself, and I'm sure you'll find her story interesting and inspiring as well. We're grateful to her for being a part of Trek and dedicating some of her very busy schedule to our organization and community investment efforts. Before we get to my conversation with Leslie, I'd like to remind you to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to leave us a rating and review. It really helps us out. Check us out on social media and YouTube as well. We've got links to everything in the description for this episode. Now, here's Leslie McCaslin, right here on TrackCast. I'm joined now by Leslie McCaslin of Benchmark Title and Valley Sports Southwest. Leslie, welcome. Thank you for being on the show today. I appreciate your time. You bet. This is fun for me. Thanks. I'd like to begin by letting you introduce yourself to our members and listeners. So please tell us a bit about who you are and the kinds, plural, of work that you do. How long do you want me to talk for? <laughs> um, so I, I always laugh that I have three kids under five and two jobs. And that is what pretty much sums me up. I am constantly on the go. I have a five, two-year-old and 11-month-old. And I was a sports reporter for 15 years. Um, still am. Still have my foot in the door with the Texas Rangers. Um, and then I started with Benchmark Title you know, about three years ago, minus COVID, I call it about two, is <laughs> that definitely threw me for a curveball. So now I have two full-time jobs or three, if you count the one as a mom. So the, the, the sports reporting came before uh, real estate then? Yes. Um, I went to the University of Texas and I graduated with a broadcast degree. I came from a family of three girls and baby boy and football was life in the Floyd household. And I knew when I went to Texas, I wanted to do sports. I knew I wanted to do TV and I knew I wanted it to be sports. Um, and in that time, it was actually fairly new. Aaron Andrews was kind of a newer um, person on the scene. And I knew that I had to really earn my way up. So 
I interned with a local station in Austin. I interned with Fox Sports in Dallas, which ended up being such a good thing because my career started in Abilene for a couple of years. Then I went to Austin for a few years. Then I started freelancing for Fox Sports in Dallas through all these connections. And then really my time job before moving to Benchmark, I spent seven years as a sideline reporter and pre and post game host for the Oklahoma City Thunder on Fox Sports. And so being in the NBA was my main job, but then I also did big 12 college football sidelines. And then I filled in on the Rangers broadcast for the last 10 years. That's, that's incredible. Um, yeah, I'm sure it was <laughs> that, that time with the thunder, um, did that align with the, uh, you know, the Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, James Harden teams, did you come up with them when they were starting out in their careers? Yeah, so I, we had actually just moved to Dallas. And when this job came up, I was like, I am not going to Oklahoma City. Like, what in the world? I, I think I turned it down five times. Um, but obviously, I was a Kevin Durant fan because I went to Texas. Texas, of course. And after a while and after they kept coming back, I thought, okay, this is a God thing. Like, maybe this is a really cool opportunity. Yeah, and, and I'll do this for a year or so. Um, it turned into seven. I loved it so much. My first day on the job, James Harden got traded. <laughs> oh, wow. So it was right <laughs> after the NBA finals run that they made. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I got to know Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook very, very well. Um, it was just a blast. It was a dream job. Like I, I was there during the heyday and then Paul George became a good friend. And when I decided after getting pregnant with my second, because pregnant with my first and having my first, I continued to do the job. Um, and then I decided it was time to step back. Well, that's when Paul George left and Russell was traded. And now it's, I don't know anybody on the team. So I feel like it was kind of good timing. <laughs> In so many ways now with social media and websites and everything that you can do, I feel like there are different ways to work your way up in the reporting world. But at that time, that was not as popular. So going to a small town was a big part of it and, and really paying my dues. I mean, I, I made $18,000 in my first job. Um, I barely had enough for gas money and soup for dinner. <laughs> um, and that's really like... You know, I scratched and clawed and sent tapes every single day. And when I got an opportunity at Fox, I filled in on Mavs or Rangers or Stars or whatever they asked me to do just so I could get that TV time. Um, I still say to this day, don't ask me to fill in on hockey. I do not know their names. <laughs> um, but everything else I was happy to do. And that's, I mean, I, you know, 15 years and it took seven, eight to get on a national platform. And at that point, I knew how to shoot a camera, edit my own videos, anchor, host, you know, like we did it one man band, we did it all. Yeah. Um, but it was well worth it because then you appreciated it so much more when you were in a bigger spotlight. When you meet um, someone that you're going to cover for the first time or those first couple of times, how do you go about building that, that early rapport? Relationships are something that's so important to us at Trek. Um, you know, the networking aspects of it, how do you go about building up those, you know, what can be pretty, not fragile relationships, but very handle with care kinds of things. You're seeing them every day. You're asking them, you know, some pretty intensive things about, uh, you know, about the games they're, they're playing in. Um, how do you handle that? Um, 
I do a lot of research and I always did. And the research is bigger than just knowing the game. And I always do a lot of research on who I'm going to interview. So knowing what sports teams are important to them, if their kids are important to them, those kind of things, if we have anything in common, you know, before I, I was a mom or after that became such a cool turning point because the guys that had kids were so excited to talk about that with me. And I earned, learned a whole new part of them. But knowing who you're talking to and what is important to them is, is huge. Like uh, Carmelo Anthony was on our team for a year, not even that long. But I found out very early on, he was on the Syracuse team when I was at Texas. I cheered against him. Turns out he was a huge Longhorn fan, grew up a huge Longhorn fan. Told him I cheered at Texas. Like we made this bond over college basketball that ended up serving me great on the court because we had a great relationship. And I, that's still huge today in commercial real estate. It's all about relationships and really who you can trust. So how did you get into the the commercial real estate industry? What took you from the Oklahoma City sidelines to benchmark title? It's a good question. Um, I knew all along that like probably this forever, um, that there would probably be an ending point for me, or at least I wouldn't be able to do it on that scale, just at that pace. It was, I lived out of a suit. Um, I knew the Barnett's and those two own and run benchmark and had literally just started talking to people and saying, you know, people say I could do some stuff, but I don't even know what that is. <laughs> and Benchmark very quickly just said, look, we think you can do business development. You can do it for the bank. You can do it for title. You can still do sports on the side. Those are just building relationships. It is all about building relationships. And they just gave me the ability to say, okay, I'm not totally ready to say goodbye to sports yet, but if y'all are willing to take a chance on me and let me try something new while also doing this, like what could be better? And it's definitely worked out that way. And I think I got in at a good time with COVID and every time sports reporter friends that were losing their job. But I felt lucky to have a new career and something else and that not just be what I focused on. So what, what kind of early challenges did you face in, in making that, that sort of transition into the real estate world? Oh, a lot. Um, I had prided myself on if I was going to work in sports, I was going to know everything about it. And all of a sudden I started an entirely new career where I would be telling people, okay, I'm getting into title, but I had no idea what they did for a living and what's the yeah. difference in capital markets and being a broker and equity and all of these pieces. So it was pretty overwhelming. Um, I think the first year I literally met with everybody I knew, whether it was in commercial real estate or not, just to get an idea of what people did and tell them what I was doing. And there were just a lot of hurdles. I don't like talking to anyone or doing anything where I don't understand it. Um, you know, so I signed up for classes. I, you know, got subscriptions in the business journal. I've, um, you know, met with lots of people. And I will say like, really, again, it's been three years and I still don't understand everything, but I can talk shop now. I understand a lot more than I did. And I still have guys at Benchmark that are constantly like teaching me and helping me understand because I have to, it's hard for me. I wanted to be good at it. Like immediately, like, you know, with sports, you get that one chance in that 15 seconds and you know, whether you nailed it or not. Yeah. Some of my best relationships have taken three years to develop. It's a slow burn. And that is 
not what I was used to before. Sure. In addition to the overlap um, with relationships, obviously being so important, what other similarities have you noticed between your work as a reporter and your work in, in business development? Um, okay, well, I laugh about this, and it's kind of in my going line for my first couple of years, but I said, hello, I worked like in the NBA in sports, and now I'm working in commercial real estate in Dallas, so I'm working with a lot of men with big egos. It's very similar. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I didn't lose some friends with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it's okay. <laughs> you, know, I'm, it, you know, I'm used to being... Um, one of few women in a group. I was on a plane with 65 guys most of the time. Um, I'm the first woman on the benchmark title, you know, business development commercial team. Um, but with that becomes such a great opportunity to bring something new to the table. And I've kind of figured that out. Like you don't have to do it the same way. You can actually do it in a new way because you are different and that's what makes it unique. So um, there, there are a lot of similarities in that it is about people. It is about relationships. And at first, when I was like, goodness, I don't really understand how these deals work. And if I can't connect people and how to help them make deals, what, what am I doing? But I could connect them in other ways. I could introduce them to people. I enjoy networking. I enjoy bringing people together or doing things for people. Sure. And, and that way it has the same similarity in that it's all about people. And my favorite job about sports was just getting to tell those stories. And now I just try to get to know people and connect them and help them. So, and that way it's also similar. So we've talked a lot of basketball so far. Do you have a favorite sport to cover? Like I can imagine that being a lot like which of your children is your favorite? Like it's gotta be a tough question to ask, but or to, to try and answer, but I'm, I'm really curious, is, is basketball your, your thing? You grew up football obsessed. Where do you yeah, kind of land mean, on it now? Uh, so college football is my favorite sport to watch. Okay. It was not my favorite sport to cover. There are so many players. It's four hours long. It's yeah. hot. Unless you have like <laughs> the best game, it's probably going to be 60 to 20 those first few weeks you know it was wasn't, I enjoyed it and I love the fans um where what I always say about the NBA is those guys are so incredibly athletic and talented it is unlike any other sport I've covered baseball you know football NFL college we would get to shoot around in the morning at 9 a.m and without warming up Russell Westbrook would take off his flip-flops and go dunk a basketball it's just on another level. And, yeah. and it was two and a half hours games. Everything was inside. You had your people like it just became such a routine that I will say to this day, I probably would have done that job forever if that's where my family had been centered. But we were centered here in Dallas. But basketball was definitely my favorite sport to cover. But it's so funny because now doing the Rangers and doing a lot more with them. I will say they're some of the best people I have ever covered. And I love that about baseball. It's a fun group to be around. If you're on call for a game, say you're, you're covering the Rangers, they have a seven o'clock start, you know, the Yankees are in town. Um, what does that day's schedule look like for you? Is it as simple as, you know, it's with benchmark nine to five and then you're jutting out to Arlington for the game? Uh, how intense can a day like that for you get? Because I know I leave the office here. We're in Uptown. If I'm headed out to watch a Ranger game, like I'm there maybe by the time first pitch happens. 
Um, yeah. That's crazy enough in its own right. What what is that? What does a day um, on call for a game look like for you? Well, I will say that with Benchmark, no day is the same okay. um, because I'm always going to have coffees or lunches, or it might be a happy hour, it might be um, a meeting, but no day is ever the same, which can be pretty tricky with kids as well, especially when all of my kids aren't in school all the time. So there's always a lot of juggling. Um, but I do try to think, try to keep most things happening earlier in the day so that when I do have to go to a baseball or a basketball game, then I can leave later in the afternoon. Even if the game starts at seven, we're usually there by four. So okay. there's a lot of prep work that I have to do at night too, just making sure I know what's going on. Because once I get to the stadium, I am going through rundowns or interviewing players or really starting the process. Um, so yeah, it can be really crazy. If I have a crazy day with Benchmark, I'm going straight into this. But luckily it also has that same flexibility that I really needed with kids that I've been able to do with sports too. That's great. I'm, I'm glad that you have that flexibility. Um, I'm curious, do you have any advice for our members and listeners who may be in real estate, but they want to pursue something not just not just kind of outside of real estate, but something you know, as far out or as different as real estate as, as sports can be. Do you have any advice for, you know, breaking in or balancing the two? Um, sure. I mean, there's never a perfect balance. I think we always strive for, for that, whether you're a working mom or working two jobs, but I would say go for it. I mean, I think at first people are like, really commercial title? Like you, you were a sports reporter. You don't want to work in sports or you don't want to teach people how to be on TV. But I always knew like, no, like I want to be either a sports reporter. Or I want to do something totally different than I can build and make a career myself. And you can like mine do crossover in some ways. I can take, go sit with some commercial title fans at an NBA game and enjoy both of my worlds. Or I can talk about sports with guys in commercial real estate who maybe don't really want to talk about title and I get it. <laughs> um, so I think it's possible to do both. Um, it just takes a lot of hard work and a lot of studying on both parts. And yes, sometimes life is a little crazy, but <laughs> you know, I worked with a lot of guys too, who were um, analysts or something in the sports world who created other businesses and had other jobs because sports is a fickle, like, you never know what's going to happen. COVID could happen and they could take away all your games. Like that happens. So <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's not about having like a backup plan. It's just like, if you have a goal or um, an interest in something else, I just feel like you should go for it. You've been a Trek member for a few years now and you plugged into our organization as part of this year's Trek Community Investors Board of Directors. Uh, what has that experience been like for you so far? What has the Trek and the community investors experience been like so far? And what made you gravitate toward the community investment work, you know, in, in all the different areas of our organization that you could have participated in? What, what resonated uh, with you about, about that aspect of it? Well, it's funny because, so Bill Cauley put me up for the board. And at first I was like, wait, what? I was very excited, but very like, oh my goodness, what am I getting myself into? And he said, well, if you need some help along the way, just, just ask me. Um, obviously, I, I am a people person. 
for me, it's about the community. That's always what I feel like my interest in life is in any of my jobs. Um, so that was just a natural gravitation. Um, I will say that I have learned so much already in the first few years. I had no idea what Alltrack did. I had no idea how many people were involved. Um, I go and listen to the board meetings and I'm so impressed by what they're able to do. Um, I was a part of Fight Night Sales Committee last year when I was like eight months pregnant. And <laughs> it was a struggle some days, um, but it was amazing because the support too from the community to get that going and to see that happen again and what a success it was, was really cool to be a part of because that was one of, one of my first fight nights to be a part of. Um, but for me, it's, it's, it's all about community. It's all about people. It's all about making Dallas a better place to be and in any way that I can help that and just make relationships along the way. You know, it's kind of one of those things you have a board meeting coming up and you're like, oh, it's such a busy day. I can't believe I got this, this, and this. And then I always get there and I'm always like, wow, it was really fun. I met some new people. I, you know, got to talk to so-and-so I haven't seen in forever. And it just, you always end up leaving very satisfied. That's great. I'm, I'm glad you've had that experience so far. You said you got to go to Fight Night last year? Yes. Okay, that's great. Was, was that your first time at Fight Night? It was my first time. Um, I said I felt like I knew a million people in the room, and yet I couldn't find anybody. <laughs> there were so many people. I was always looking for who I came with and could never find anyone, but I knew a ton of people there. It was such a cool experience, though. Oh, that, that's great. I, I love asking people about their fight night experience. That was, I think, my third one. Yeah, my third one. Um, and it's so different each time, but it's such a crazy but fun day that I'm 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 a big fight night evangelist for our for our company. I love I love talking to people about it. I love you know getting getting people on board and and uh, you know I'm, I'm I'm glad that their experiences and your experience has been so positive. You bet. So you participated in the first year of our newest educational program, the Deal which takes participants through the real estate deal-making process from start to finish. How was that experience? What are your thoughts on the program? You know, considering how new you are to, to the industry and how much you've tried to learn and, and soak up in your first few years. Um, let me now put you on the spot for a testimonial about, about the deal. I love it. Um, it was great. It really, um, I wanted to know how a deal was done from the beginning to end. And I had so many questions about how that starts. Where did your equity come from? Um, and they literally walked us through every single step. And it was interesting to hear people from Invesco or brokers and to hear all walks of life or even just people from the city of Dallas. I thought that was very interesting. Um, obviously, there's a lot of that in title that I will personally never like really have to deal with, but it gave me an appreciation for how deals get done. Um, I will say it was at times overwhelming. And it was nice to sit in there because I never, you know, I wasn't a part of Young Guns. So I was not around when, when that would have been something to be a part of for my age. Um, but I was in there with a lot of young people who had the same questions I did. Um, so I was even, I found myself intimidated a lot. Like, I don't really know what they're meaning here. And then somebody would ask it. It was like, oh, okay, good. <laughs> um, so in that way, it was, it was very helpful um, I met a lot of people again. Um, you know, I think the only thing that I might do differently is break it up 
to little bit smaller groups at some point to have even more conversations so that new people and beginners who I feel like that's pretty much who that's targeting feel like they can open up more and ask those questions that you may feel like are kind of stupid at the time um, because everybody's learning. But I, again, it was, it was really helpful just to see from start to finish and some of the loopholes that you have to go through along the way to get something done. So I want to give you a scenario and then I have a, a question that follows that. So um, you're all caught up on title work. There's no game that day. Husband's got the kids. What, what are you doing to relax? What do you like to do away from the office or the court or the field? Um, how do you unwind? Um, well, I like to run. That has always been one of my things, especially when I traveled with the team. Um, it, we didn't have cars, you know, so it was always a way to get out and see the city. Um, and I like to do that now. Sometimes I'll even run someplace and have somebody pick me up just so I can go run somewhere new in Dallas. Um, that's always been a huge stress relief for me. Um, so is playing tennis because when I'm so working out is definitely one of them. And then reading is another one. Um, I'm, I, I say this, I am an avid reader, but I'm not reading self-help books or business books. I am a murder mysteries girl. <laughs> I don't want to have to think too much. I want to take off my thinking cap and just enjoy a book. I rarely watch TV at night anymore. By the time I get the kids down, I like kind of enjoy the quiet and I like to read. So those are a couple of things that those things are for me. <laughs> Do you have a murder mystery to recommend to our listeners? Oh, yes. The favorite I've probably read in the last few years is called The Luckiest Girl Alive. And it's a twist you don't expect. And it's coming out in a movie at some point with Mila Kunis. Um, so, yeah, it's a good one. Do you remember the author? I do not. <laughs> okay. That's fine. They, they can Google that if, uh, if they're interested. Yeah, I was going to say, I could look it up. <laughs> so... What in the last few years have you gotten better at saying no to, either from a career perspective, personal perspective? I'm glad you didn't say no to the podcast today. Appreciate that. <laughs> but what have you gotten better at saying no to? Bill, nothing. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm really not very good at saying no. And it's actually something that I constantly fight with because especially in starting a new career, I thought I needed to be at everything. And then I think I need to do everything with my kids. And then I need to say yes to every game because I always want the next opportunity. Um, so I would say that that's something that I'm continually working on. I am not very good at saying no. Um, I think there are times where I tend to run myself into the ground and it forces me to, and that's always a good thing. Um, sure. Hoping with age and maturity, maybe I will uh, <laughs> get better at that. I am, you know, starting to try to figure out, weed out the things that, that are not important or that don't make me a better person or that aren't really key um, now that I have three kids. But um, that is something I, I really have a hard time with because I'm just a goer and a doer and I like to be busy and that's a constant being still is a constant challenge for me sure i can totally understand that um in the last few years what new belief behavior or habit has most improved your life that's a good one okay let's see um i i think in that same context 
learning to be still is something I've really tried to do, um, whether that's with my quiet time in the morning or with my kids in the afternoon when I'm home, just sitting and watching them play in the front yard, but to try to slow down a little bit and enjoy the moment that I'm in. Um, I think oftentimes we're always looking for the next thing. When I, when I am the next step up of a sports reporter, when I have kids, when my kids are older and I'm allowed to do this, when I get better at commercial real estate, I feel like we're always, you know, so many of us are probably A-type and go-getters and we're always looking for that next level. And for me, I'm kind of in a constant reminder right now of appreciate where I am, be a little bit still. It's okay to have some downtime. Um, you know, whether that's quiet time or just time with my kids, be home a little bit. COVID helped us all a little bit. I think we all kind of came out of COVID going, wow, that really wasn't that bad. Absolutely. I mean, it was kind of nice to be home a little bit more um, and trying to remember that going forward. Leslie, thank you so much again for, for being on the show today. I have one more question for you as we wrap up, and it's about our slogan at Track, and that is to build the city you've imagined. And I've always thought of it as a challenge to our members to leave a positive lasting mark on our city, whether that is on literally shaping our skyline, on influencing public policy, on getting involved with our community investment initiatives as you have, or preparing future generations of real estate professionals to, you know, to, to pass that torch along. What does build the city you've imagined mean for you uh, in your in your day-to-day -day work, in your work with Trek, uh, what kind of impact would you ultimately like to leave? You know, to me, you think about building a better city and you think of skyscrapers and the next big building, And but obviously I'm not a developer or know anything about that. Um, my impact in both of my worlds has always been about people and building relationships. And that's always where I feel like I can make the biggest impact is leaving something better than it was before or helping someone in some way that makes their lives better than before. I said early on when I got into title that if all I'm doing is going around and asking people for title business, then that's not very satisfying. Um, but if I'm actually making true connections and developing real friends that are making a real difference, whether that's in fundraising or whatever initiative we have going on, or just helping them out personally. If I'm leaving a mark, if I'm going to be a light in our community, then that to me is the most important thing because I'm leaving it better, whether that's with an actual footprint in development or whether that's just in my personal life and connecting with other people. So to me, um, you know, building a better city, helping people, changing lives in one way or another in the community or around those right around me is the most important thing I try to do every day, as cheesy as that sounds. Leslie, this was great. Thank you so much again. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's all for today's show. I'd like to again thank my guest, Leslie McCaslin of Benchmark Title and Valley Sports Southwest for sharing her career journey with us. Remember to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app and check us out on social media for the latest from around the Real Estate Council. Give us a follow, give us a rating and a review. Again, we've linked to each of our accounts in the episode description. Until next time, I'm Bill San Antonio. Thanks for listening.